Hey there, and welcome to day 74 of Don't Forget Your Worth. I woke up to snow, you guys. There's like four inches out there on the mountain. <laughs> so I've got to figure out how to kind of brush through this and get ready so I can get out and get my little car uh, defrosted and down the mountain with plenty of time left. So I'm extra early this morning. I just, <laughs> I do sound a little congested. I don't know if I'm an allergy or a little cold, but I'm sorry. It's going to be there and recorded for all time. Isn't that just a wonderful, beautiful, brutal thing? <laughs> it's not fair. It's not fair, Lord. All right, you guys. This piece today is called Crown of Thorns. And so it begins. The father of the bride looked lovingly at his daughter as the bride took off her purity ring and placed it in the palm of her father's hand. The summer sun glistened on the water behind them as the families watching witnessed. Witness fell faint to this precious symbolic exchange between a father and a daughter. I knew the family well, hearts, tears, struggles, prayers, parties and celebrations rolled out weekly on a living room rug for years worth of honor and trust. I knew the love that held this daughter up and I knew the rebellion that wore them down. I knew their stories well. I knew this story that I was watching wasn't true. A body of believers had asked that this young couple not date during their faith-based immersion program. These believers believed that to focus fully on the Lord, that any other relationship should be severed during the two years of intense study. We watched this secretly engaged couple flounder, trying to please people while trying to learn desperately more about the Lord. Shame buckles faith. Years wear down spirits. Guilt demolishes love. They came and showed up because they both craved God, but their goal was turned in the direction of shame and keeping appearances. I watched them, quote, make out in a rose bush in a park, hiding tender kisses to please the world, embedded in a crown of thorns. I watched her duck in the passenger seat when my car rolled by theirs at a stop sign. She popped back up early and was laughing. So beautiful. It's okay, sweet ones. I know your maker. There, these were never his rules or intentions. We weren't allowed to be baptized, either of us, she said. We didn't pass the test about the Bible stories, so they told us we couldn't be baptized. Our first experience with the church was rejection. We weren't good enough to be baptized. I asked if my son could practice with their worship team, not play at a service, not be a part of their team, just practice. I never heard from them, so I asked again. In one sentence and simple words, we were told no. My son was asked not to come to youth group when he alluded his concerns that he might be gay. They said it was to protect the other young men, that it's a place for uninhibited worship and his confession made things awkward for the others there. My wife and I serve on the worship team. When preparing to record an album, we asked if we could use the church's recording studio and were told that we couldn't. 
Apparently that room is reserved only for projects that benefit their congregation. Yeah, he is abusive, but he's a pastor. He brings people to Christ every week. I worry that if anybody found out about his temper, that he might lose his job. We really need the income. Do you know the name of a private counselor for us? Those, of course, are all little snippets of conversations that I'd had with people from the same congregation and church that had told this young couple not to see one another for two years. I worship a Jesus that turns tables. Plums walks himself right into synagogues and has his way with things. Tosses tables right up in the air, their contents landing in shambles. Just look what you've done. Jesus, just look what we've done. Jesus took the cross for us. He took our place and up and died for us that we truly might live. Jesus died for our freedom, that we would walk free and free others. You are free because of his grace. Jesus spared absolutely nothing, even his own death. Jesus knew the outcome before the prophecy was put into place. Jesus knew that his disciples would deny him three times. He knew the rooster would crow. He knew his time was coming. He knew his watchmen would fall asleep. Jesus' death was inevitable. Jesus prepared to die. Christ followers, that snake was always there. He was in the Garden of Eden. He was there in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not once did God or Jesus or the apostles or disciples that pass the stories leave the deceiver out. I want you to picture what the Bible would look like if God had just left the snake out of it. No serpent, no Satan, no scriptures telling us just how to beat him at a game that is already won. No mention of him, not one. After all, Satan was arrogant, a liar, the father of lies. He hated Jesus and all of his followers. He hated them. The devil tried to humiliate Jesus repeatedly. So why didn't God just leave the snake out of the stories? We do. He humiliates us. He harms us. He diminishes our worth. So Jesus, we just leave him out. Christ followers, why do you hide your truths and your stories so close to your chest? <laughs> and boy, is that speaking to me. Why do you keep all these secrets? Why do you run from your truths? Christ followers, why are you hiding and keeping the snakes from the innocent? Why are you hiding your stories? Appearances aren't getting us anywhere. Our secrets cannot protect the innocent sheep. Our secrets cannot give God any glory. Jesus never intended you to live in shame and secrecy. Jesus died for your surrendered freedom. He resides in truth and light. Surrender, sweet one, your every last story 
Surrender them, snakes and all. You are free, forgiven. The battle is won. Don't turn back and don't hide. He won. Let him receive all the glory. I love you. It's a thicker piece than I realized. Like when I first read it, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cheeky and cute. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, this is sweet. (laughs) And then it's like, oh my gosh, it just kind of up surfaces, you know, it just shines a light on some of the things even that the church can be doing that are actually harming the body um, because they look like rejection. Every single time they feel like shame and rejection. And, um, And then just looking at how we do have such a tendency to hold appearances here and share some stories but not share the tough parts and how we you know, we've been taught to believe that it somehow isn't nice to show and reveal the serpent. And it's like, wait a hot minute. How else do we protect those in the body and the innocent sheep, as it's saying? So it's like, wow, wow, that just drug my heart all over the place. And I will be thinking about this on my drive down the mountain. There's no doubt. But I hope it blesses you guys. I mean, these things that I share, they're just not easy. And you know, sometimes I can just feel like, um, yeah, it is easier to just share the fun little gingerbread stories, I call them. <laughs> you know, the ones that have sweet little faces and great frosting. And and yet, it's like, that's not, it's just not realistic. And so I'll continue to share all with you guys, but I do have to just, you know, make sure that I am not laying shame on myself over doing so. And some of it, it's just silly. It just is, I, you know, I've been told by some people, they're like, well, you share that you've been through all this stuff, Andrea, and, and uh, people, you know, are going to think you're complicated or tough to be around or that you might share their personal story or, you know, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, Jesus, God forbid, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm sharing my stories. <laughs> Y'all, it's your own responsibility to share your own stories. <laughs> Um, but you know what I'm saying? We can just experience shame from sharing. And it's like, this is ridiculous. Um, it's ridiculous because this is exactly what we're called to do is to spare other Christ followers, our own pain that we've experienced. It's like, it's the goal even of art. I remember, um, Dr. Wayne Cadero, one of the best messages I ever heard from him was, that the object of Christ followers is to spare others' pain, is to set them free from things that we've been freed from, right? And so it just brings new perspective to what we're doing here. It's exactly what we're called to do. Um, It glorifies God. So anyway, that's the biz. I'm getting too chatty. I've got to get myself ready to go and get rolled down the mountain for another great day. You guys have a good one. I'll chat at you soon. Take care.